in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Welcome to the second week of Eastertide. Uh, I'm Father Spencer, and as one of the priests here, I have the honor of getting to proclaim good news to us every few weeks. But I'm super excited that just uh, in a couple of weeks, we are going to start hearing from our College of Preachers again. And so this is uh, something that we highly value here at the table, is that uh, the, the clergy or the staff are not just discerning the will of God or the voice of God and then relaying that down to everybody at the church, but we as the people of God are hearing what he's speaking to us and we're discerning faithfulness in real time together. And so I'm extremely excited to hear from some other preachers other than me, Matt and Ben. No offense, guys, here in a couple of weeks. Good. We proclaim the good news that Christ is meeting you where you're really at today. Doors, distance, and disagreement won't stop him. He is proclaiming peace and calm to your fear, to your uncertainty, to your insecurity, to your anxieties. And he brings, he brings not only comfort, but he also commissions you. He has given you all that you need for life as the people of God. So this morning, trade in your lens of critique for a lens of communion. Our gospel passage in John 20 starts with verse 19. It says, when it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and he stood among them and he said, peace be with you. After he had said this, he showed them his hands and he showed them his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. This was evening on the same day of the resurrection. So on Easter morning, the tomb was empty, and Christ revealed himself to Mary Magdalene in the garden. And here we are on Easter evening, and the disciples are holed up behind locked doors, unified only in their fear for their lives. This is the chaos and the confusion where Christ reveals himself to his disciples. Now, we are not oppressed as Christians here in the United States, so we don't fear for our lives, especially not because of our faith. But I can't help but resonate with the situation that we see the disciples in here. Just one week ago, it was beautiful outside. We were all together, uh, more of us worshiping together in one place than has in a long time. It was just a beautiful, encouraging, exciting, invigorating service. But here we are just a week later. It's raining outside. There's a few of us here. There's a few more online, and we're once again separate. We're in two different places. There's doors between us dividing us. Thankfully, through technology, we are together in some way. But this doesn't feel like the resurrection that I was sensing last week. And maybe you resonate with this in more than just COVID times. Maybe you feel like you finally found a church that feels like home, but it doesn't, it doesn't exist in the state that you call home. And so you wonder if this is the place for you. I see you. We've just gone through a profound and a convicting season of Lent where we took a really long and hard look at racism and what it might look, what it might look like as a, a predominantly white church to repent of that racism and move forward as the people of God. But here we are, Lent's over. We're still kind of wondering what the next steps look like. We're asking constantly, what do we do now? Maybe throughout our Lenten series, you kind of found yourself questioning, do I really 
agree with what I'm hearing here? Does this resonate with me? Does this feel true or right? And if it doesn't, then do I belong here? Is this a place that I can call home? Or maybe you've been hearing your friends and your neighbors share the things that God's been revealing to them. The moments of resurrection and revelation that they've experienced, and you're hearing those stories with a sense of longing. And maybe even just a little bit of, you know, you're coveting that you're hungry for God to speak to you in the same way that you're hearing that he's speaking to other people. You're wondering what you're missing out on. Or maybe just like most of us, after a whole year of living life in a pandemic, we are finally amidst the vaccine rollout, but it's not over. Things are still not normal. Perhaps the people that you long to be with the most aren't quite ready to engage in the way that you want to engage with them. Or maybe the people that you want to be with the most, they're all hanging out somewhere else, but it doesn't quite feel safe or wise for you to be there with them at this time. I get that. Church, this is the chaos and the confusion. This is the mess that Christ is revealing himself to us in the midst of this morning. Christ is meeting you where you're really at. Doors and distance and disagreement won't stop him from meeting you. He's proclaiming peace and calm to your anxiety, to your fear, to your worries. He's bringing comfort, but he's also commissioning you. He has given you all that you need for faithfulness and life in his kingdom. Trade in your critiques for communion today. The gospel passage this morning is surrounded by passages that are praising unity and spelling out what kingdom life looks like. Our passage in Acts says, the community of all believers was of one heart and one mind. They held everything together in common. Sounds beautiful. The psalm says, look at how good and pleasing it is when, the fam when families live together as one. Again, that's great. First John goes on to say, we announce to you that we have heard, seen, and held what we have seen, heard, and, and held, and we testify and announce to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us in the Son. We are telling you this so that you can have fellowship with us, the fellowship that was with the Father and his Son. So there's these three passages of beautiful kingdom life and kingdom union. But the gospel passage, when we find the disciples, they're not in a mystical state of kumbaya. It's, they have just heard testimony of the resurrection. It was the Easter. It wasn't the first Easter a year removed. It was Easter day. It was resurrection day. And the disciples are unified in their fear and their confusion. And despite that fear being the only thing that's unifying them and having the door locked, blocking the outside world out, Jesus comes to them and he says, peace be with you. He says it not only as a greeting, but also as a proclamation to their fear, to their confusion, and to their insecurity. And then he goes on to say, as the Father sent me, so I send you. So he's not just there to comfort them and tell them that it's all right, but he's also there to commission them, to send them out, to tell them that they now, with the power of the Holy Spirit, have what they need to bear witness to the rule and reign of Christ amidst the mess that they find themselves in. John's account of Pentecost is very brief. It simply says that Jesus breathes on them and gives them the Holy Spirit. But in this act, he's equipping them to be the people of God. In verse 23 of chapter 20 of John, it says, If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now, there's a lot of debate and confusion around this. We could talk about this for hours, maybe, and try to unpack what all is going on here. But it's important to note that it's not 100% clear what 
is meant by this. This is a bit of an outlier for the language that we find in the rest of the New Testament. And many people, many scholars believe this translation to be a misunderstanding. In fact, Joanne Brandt argues that it may more accurately say, those you hold will be held. This is resurrection community. This is where we find forgiveness, and this is where we get a firm grasp on kingdom fellowship together. And that is the tapestry within which we find a picture of doubting Thomas, as we call him, which we try to siphon off and create as a solo standalone story. But this has to be viewed in the context of these surrounding passages, but especially the passage that it's right next to and within. Thomas is one of the 12, but he's not with the disciples when Christ reveals himself to them. Now, Thomas is gutted with grief, just like all the disciples. He's wrecked with confusion. He's so sad. The person that he longs to be with the most is gone. And then he comes back, and everybody else that he was with just saw him. Christ just revealed himself to every other person. Thomas's reaction is not, you know, it's not that he's a scientist, that he's trying to do his due diligence, or he wants to investigate this. It's an emotional reaction. He doesn't want to study Christ's wounds. He wants to thrust his hands into them. If you were Thomas and the person that you longed to be with more than anyone else in the whole world came and revealed himself to everybody except for you, how would you feel in that moment? Thomas isn't just looking for empirical data. He longs to be with Christ. But then the story goes on to repeat itself from earlier in the passage. The disciples are once again in the house. Once again, the door is shut, and Jesus again reveals himself. And he greets and proclaims them by saying, Peace be with you. Jesus offers to show Thomas his wounds, to allow him to thrust his hands in them. But Thomas doesn't need it. He just instantly recognizes who Jesus is, and he says, My Lord and my God, And here in this proclamation, in this statement of faith from Thomas, the Gospel of John comes full circle because the Gospel of John opens with the passage saying, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And now off of Thomas's lips, he's proclaiming, my God. He's come full circle. Jesus doesn't rebuke Thomas for his doubt. He doesn't say, stop your doubting and believe. He says, stop your unbelief and believe. Stop your refusal to believe. He's asking him to lay it aside and trust in him. Church, Christ is meeting you where you're really at today. No locked doors, no distance, no disagreements can stop him from meeting you there. He's proclaiming peace and calm to your fear, to your uncertainty, to your anxiety. And he's not only comforting you, but he's commissioning you for life in the kingdom. He has given you all that you need to be his people, to be his resurrection community And you are free to trade in your critique for communion today. Church, we are part of the same resurrection community. And today, through the Holy Spirit, Christ is proclaiming to those who feel left out, to those who feel alone, those who feel like failures, those who feel like they're trapped without a way to move forward, no imagination of next steps. Jesus is proclaiming, peace be with you. God has breathed on each of you, and he's filled you with his Holy Spirit. You have everything that you need to be that resurrection community, to bear witness to the rule and reign of Christ today. As people who have been formed into a Western Enlightenment worldview, 
we're often more afraid of what will happen if we get something wrong or if we align ourselves with people who are getting it wrong. I think this is very acutely prominent in churches. I don't know if I can come here if you're not exactly right about that. A friend of the, the table actually tweeted this week, churches have mistaken an accusing spirit for the search for truth. And so we actually have been so afraid of getting it wrong or being with other peoples that get it wrong that we've traded in communion for critique. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that you have to agree with us here or that there's no such thing as disagreement at the table. That's not at all what I'm saying. Happy to chat afterwards. But what I am saying to you is that you can belong in a place with people that you don't 100% disagree with. You can belong in a place where you hear people sharing experiences that are different than yours. You can wholeheartedly love people that you're not sure you agree with, that you're not sure they're right about everything, that you're not sure you're right about what's going on in the world. It's, this is freedom to lay this down. We are a part of the spirit-filled commission community that Christ is talking about, that we're hearing about in the gospel here. Christ has breathed on you this morning and you have everything that you need for faithfulness as Christ's resurrection people today. This resurrection community is where we find forgiveness and it's where we find kingdom fellowship. It's where we find life together in the middle of the mess that we find ourselves in today. Just as the father sent Jesus, so he sent Mary, so he sent the disciples, and so he is sending you now. Christ is meeting you where you're really at today. Closed doors, no distance, no disagreement, no question or uncertainty will stop him from meeting you where you're at. He's proclaiming peace and calm to your fear, to your anxiety, to your insecurity. He says peace. He's bringing you comfort, but he's also commissioning you. He's sending you out. He has given you all that you need, everything that you need for life in the kingdom. Friends, you're free to take off your lens of critique today and put on a lens of communion. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.